John chapter 4. I want to continue this morning with a series we've been on for a little while called True Worship. True Worship. Our text is found here in John chapter 4. Beginning in verse 19, the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. You Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. And so we are living in the day. This is the time that Jesus was speaking about when true worshipers would worship this way. All right? It's possible for someone to attempt to relate to God, to worship Him in a way other than spirit and truth that we might call lies and flesh or things that are not true, but definitely the flesh. Or we can do it the Lord's way. We can follow His instructions and be spirit and truth worshipers. And then the Father is seeking us out. You might be one who's seeking the Lord today. You might want him in your life, say, I'm just coming to church to seek God and get answers and get help for my life. If you'll be a worshiper in spirit and truth, I tell you what, it's not just about you seeking him, it's about him seeking you. I mean, check that out. That's a pretty cool thing. The God of the universe interested in your life. What an honor. And so, one way to help us worship the Father correctly, and there is a correct way and a wrong way, correct, of course, is, again, spirit and truth, is, is that we do so according to the written word. I want to look in the written word of God and see what are the, uh, the methods laid out. How are we instructed to relate to the Father? How are we instructed to worship Him? And if I'll do things that way, then I can be confident that I'm going to have a response from heaven. I'm going to have an approval. I'm going to have His blessing on what I'm doing. I'm going to have a relationship that's, that's dynamic and that's real. Okay, I want to do things according to the Word. How many know the Word and the Spirit agree? Yeah. You're not going to find that God said one thing at a certain time, and then later on He said just the opposite? He's not changing His mind like we do? Or He doesn't discover He's wrong and then try to fix it? (laughs) All right, the Word and the Spirit, they agree. A friend of mine uh, who pastors in another state told me uh, a number of months back that a, a particular person called his church... And, and they were asking about uh, whether they would be accepted at his church. And basically talking about, do you accept certain types of lifestyles? How many know what that means? Yeah. And, uh, and of course, he told this person, he said, well, of course, you're, you're welcome here. Everyone's welcome here. We, you know, we love you and accept you. And, and uh, you're welcome to come here. But he said, we do believe the Bible. You know, he said, we do teach the Bible. And... Uh, and this person said to him, well, I just kind of, you know, I just kind of come from this that I'd rather leave that up to God. You know, the issues of right and wrong and the issue of what, what's right and what's acceptable, it's not, I'd rather leave that up to God. You see the problem with that? You're saying, God may have said this before, but now, because I don't really like what he said before, I'm going to kind of leave, I'm going to act like maybe he forgot. Or act like he changed his mind or act like he thinks differently about that today than he did before. And how many know that's a wrong approach to the Lord? It's a bad approach to Scripture to think, well, anything I read there might, might be true, might not be true. Because God might have changed his mind. Because, you know, times are changing. 
<laughs> you know, we've become more enlightened, and now we, now we know more. Really? Is that what's going on here? See, if I'm going to worship the Father in spirit and truth, I've got to acknowledge and honor His ways. I'm not here to magnify my own way. I'm not here to, to, do, to do things according to my plan. I'm here to get His plan ad- and adapt. And know that He not only approves of, but empowers and enables a person to do things His way. So I want to live right. I want to do this. I want to conduct myself a certain way. It's just hard. No, it's not. It's hard in the flesh. In fact, impossible for us as human beings. But when you get in the Spirit and you rest in and rely on Him, I'll tell you what, then the power of God goes into work and enables you and I to be what we could never be on our own. And we have a good time at it. Now, when we talk about worship here, and let me, let me clarify, when we talk about maybe our experience in church of singing and worshiping God that way, because I don't want to backtrack and, and imply that worship is all about that, because it, like I taught before already, it goes much beyond just our singing and our praise and so forth. But when we talk about worship here, I am not endeavoring to promote the life church way of worship. I'm not here to say, it's our way. We, we do it correct, and everyone else does it incorrectly. Ultimately, it doesn't matter uh, what we do versus what someone else does. It matters what the Lord wants. Okay, I am seeking, it's my desire in my personal life and as I pastor this church, to lead us in connection with Him. You know, I've talked to people before uh, about the Lord, sharing the gospel with them and, and have had this kind of response. Like, they'll say, well, why is your way better than someone else's way? What's, what's so superior about, about your way of, of being saved versus someone else? I said, not. It's not about my way. It's not about me being right. It's really not. It's not about one church being right. This church is right and this church is wrong. It's about Jesus. It is. It's about Jesus. It's not about, I have some desire to, for me to be right and you to be wrong. No, I, I'm, I, I don't, I'm not the source of truth. I, I'm not the beginning and end of everything someone needs to be. I'm just trying to tell you what Jesus said. And, you know, if someone said, I, I disagree with you. All right. That's probably not a huge loss. <laughs> but if you disagree with God, that's kind of a big deal. And so what we seek to do is represent Him and say what He said and, 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 and quote Him often. And if I can have His words and him, His words be our guide, then it's not about you're right and you're wrong and this church is right and this, this worship is right. And this not. It's about spirit and truth. Everybody with me today? And if we'll all seek that, how many know we do end up at the same place? But it's not about because someone is better than someone else and, and all that kind of fleshy nonsense. We're seeking Him. I want the Lord to be magnified. And if He's not, then I've blown it. If He's not magnified in and through me the way I do things, then I need a change. And you need a change. And whatever. But let the Lord be magnified. And let Him be exalted and lifted high. So, you know, some of what we do when we talk about worship services and songs and and the way we express ourselves, uh, some of that is about um, culture. Some of that is about preference. I mean, how do you choose one style of song over another style? I mean, what's more spiritual, country music or rock and roll music or what? Gospel music, you know, 
Well, of course, gospel, but I'm talking about style and not so much good news. Uh, see, what, what's right? Well, it's some of its preference, some of its culture, some of its we just choose whatever helps us. Does that make sense? Some of its ability. Some, some of it uh, uh, is you, want, you might want to do one type of style, but you just can't because it'll sound horrible if you do it. <laughs> I, I know that from, from leading worship in the past that sometimes I'd hear a song uh, through someone else. I'd hear, hear uh, a great worship song and then think, man, we totally need to do that. And I'd introduce it and I'd try to play it and it would sound horrible. <laughs> It's like, that is too complex for my, where I'm at. I just wasn't able to do it. So was it, was it good? When, someone, when some people did it, it was real good. And other people did it? No way. You know, one time, uh, Amy and I, we were in Las Vegas. And I remember driving down the freeway one day. I get a call from a friend there, uh, pastor's there. And he said, we got this special service going on tonight. Can you come and lead worship? <laughs> I thought, junk. Why? <laughs> Understand this. I, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to garner any mercy here. I led worship for a long time, but I am not a great musician nor a great singer, and I've always known that. But the Lord used me anyway, and uh, and so when someone like that would ask, it'd be like, "Hmm, all right, I'll do it." So I showed up there. And starting to write, you know, a little bit before the service, trying to find a few songs that they knew, that I knew, working with some of their musicians. And uh, here's the thing about that church, though. It's 80, 90, 90% black. They could do things that I couldn't do. And we found a few similar songs. And I started doing, you know, because I can feel it. I got some music in me. I can, you know, I can sing on key, but... There's some little very, you know, there's some ranges in there. And uh, I started doing this song, and we were doing the, ser- during the service, I'm leading, I'm doing this song that um, they like and I liked, but they were totally out singing me. I'm, I'm literally, I can still remember it, listening to them above my monitor. I could hear them thinking, wow, I should not be here. <laughs> because it just felt better. They, I mean, they had it, and, and my, I was abundantly pale. In, in that situation, I just wasn't able to do that music on the level uh, that they were able to do it. And hallelujah, anyhow, I guess the Lord forgave me. <laughs> but I tell you, a lot of those things, it's not about God saying, I approve of this and I disapprove of that. Huh? We got to get back to spirit and those other things, you know, we use as tools and so forth. Uh, last week, we were, we were talking about um, how the primary evidence of, of worship and, and praising God is verbal. Remember that? Uh, it, it's vocal. That's the primary thing. Above any other physical act or demonstration, we've got to have our mouth involved. If you're not praising God with your mouth, if you're not worshiping God with your mouth, you're not worshiping God. Okay? It's going to be vocal in, in expression in here, in, in a stand for truth out there. You know what I'm talking about? Our mouth has got to be involved. And so I want to continue along these lines and, and, and give you several things that I see in Scripture uh, would be ways for us to express our praise and our worship to the Lord. Uh, I want to look at a lot of Scripture, so you may not want to take time to turn all these uh, to all these. You can if you are quick. Uh, but we said number one is speaking. Number one, our, our worship is expressed through speaking. All right. Number two, then, it would be in that same 
category, but it would be singing. Singing. We express our worship through singing. Psalm chapter 9 and verse 2 reads, I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. I'll do what? I'll sing praise to your name. And then Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And so we can see that the Lord likes to sing, likes to hear sing. You think the Lord sings? Come on, how many are interested in hearing the Lord sing? <laughs> see, the reason we like to, to sing or even to listen to singing um, is because it's in God. This is His idea. Music is His idea. Singing is His idea. And so uh, we should be singers. Now I'm talking to everybody here because I realize that there are some. Uh, I realize this, that most people are not outstanding singers, right? Most people are not recording and using microphones and, you know, and so forth where everyone can hear them. Most people are mediocre or worse. (laughs) You know, some of you are thinking, worse. (laughs) But listen, here's the deal. We should all sing. We all should sing. If you can't sing on key, don't use a microphone. You know? But I'm telling you, there's a song in your heart of praise to God. You sing great in the shower. When you turn on the radio and you sing along, how many know you sound just like them? (laughs) But here's the deal. When you, when you speak praises to God, glory to God, I praise you, you're a good God, and then you add, add music to it, you start singing, it comes up a notch oftentimes. It takes on a higher level of anointing. God, desire, God likes music. He likes it when you sing. Praise God. Have you ever sang the scriptures? I mean, very, sometimes you, you, we, we read the Bible just for our own personal edification and, and, and learning. And then sometimes you read the Bible out loud. That can be a, an upgrade. Sometimes it can have a greater impact on you when you hear yourself speaking those very words. Then sing the scriptures. Watch what happens then. Yeah. There's some cool things and uh, elements to this, but God invented music. All of us should sing. All of us should be singers. And uh, if you never sit, stand on a platform and sing, fine. Most people never will. But sing praises to God. Singing is of the Lord. Number three. Number three uh, method of showing forth our worship is shouting. Shouting. (laughs) We're still in the vocal area, as you can see here. Shouting. Psalm 32, verse 11 reads, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, you upright in heart. And here's another one, Psalm 35, 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause, and so forth. But again, it says, let them shout for joy and be glad. Shouting is a God thing. Some of us, I don't see, I don't understand why people have to be so loud. And they have to, you know, be so vocal like that. How about this? Uh, this, Because God likes it. He does. Heaven's not a quiet place. Shh, hush. The angels hate noise. 
No, I mean, we know this. In the Lord, there are times of quiet that are right, times of meditation, times of stillness, but there are also times of shouting, times of singing, times of speaking, times of shouting. Shouting is praising God with a loud voice. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever praise God loudly with a loud voice? If you don't, I want to encourage you to start. If you need to start on your own, by yourself, when everyone's out of the house, do it. Do it. It'll, I'm telling you, it'll impact your life, if you will. And God will enjoy it. One of the things that, that is uh, contained within a shout, usually, is faith. Because shouting is, obviously, the implication is it's a shout of praise, not shouting at somebody. It's a shout of praise. It's a, it's a shout of victory. And when you shout, you are not only declaring what the Lord has said and promised and and said regarding your life, you're saying it boldly. You're saying it without reservation. See, when when God sent Israel to surround the the walls of Jericho on the seventh time on that last day, uh, they didn't all have a moment of silence for the walls to come down. There are some things that don't come down in silence. They come down in shouting. There are some things that people deal with, and they've been there for a while, and I'm telling you, it's only there, hanging on by a thread, and as soon as you open your mouth and shout the victory, and shout praises to God, and shout your freedom in Christ, that's when that situation will change in your life. But if we take a passive, pussycat type of view, or approach to the, the things of this world, man, they'll stick around for your entire life. Hallelujah. So let me encourage you. Say, I'm not really that way, though. I'm more reserved. I know. That's why I'm teaching. Because we like to change around here. As long as we see it in the Word, we see it's God, we see it's of the Spirit, we see the benefits of it. Thank God He's merciful. But let's change. I wasn't always a shouter. Now I'm a shouter. What do you mean? I like to praise God at times with a loud voice. It has changed. It has seriously helped me spiritually to shout. Hallelujah! Come on now. Let's hear some praise with a loud voice. Praise God. Number four, now this is related. These are kind of connected. Number four is rejoicing. Rejoicing. Uh, Psalm 33 in verse 1 reads this way, Rejoice in the Lord. Now you see that, that language a lot in Scripture about rejoicing and uh, even in the New Testament, again I say rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. But this, this particular place, the Hebrew word that's translated rejoice is interesting. It says this in the, in the uh, Greek dictionaries, it says properly to creak or a, emit a, a stridulous, is that how you say that? Stridulous sound, to shrill. And this is what we're supposed to do in the Lord, shrill. (laughs) Now, the best way I can think of what that kind of looks like and how that plays out and how, how in practicality is this. Yeah. Now, what is that? What is, woo? Well, that's, it's not a groan. It's not a, oh me, how am I going to make it? But what it is, is celebratory. It's victory. 
It's excitement. It's, again, it's a release of faith in God. Yeah. Everybody ready? On three. One, two, three. (laughs) Feels good, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And it's in the Bible. It's scriptural. It sounds like, to me, like, kind of like we're supposed to be enjoying this. We're supposed to be having a good time. You know, you get a ne- if you get a negative report or just come off of a bad week or something's blowing up in your life and whatever, you know, this is the place where we come together so we can come in here and shout together. Yeah. Well, what are we doing? We're defying your negative life. Yeah. We're defying those evil reports. Yeah. And sometimes you don't feel like it, but you do it in faith. And sometimes you do feel like it, and you do it because you want to. But we shout, we sing, we praise the Lord with a loud voice, and we, woo, glory, hallelujah, and you just kind of let the, the victory come out of you. What's happening in heaven? Probably the same thing that's happening here when we're doing it. I remember one person who had an experience in heaven said uh, they were walking along with an angel, and, they, they, and he said, uh, I, would say, I, I would say like, just kind of without thinking, glory to God. When he saw something or heard something that was just outstanding, he said, glory to God. He said, whatever I did, it would like set off a chain reaction. <laughs> he said, the angel would start, glory to God. He said, others would hear it and they all start praising God. Kind of contagious, it sounds like. Ought to be that way here. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> just give me an opportunity to magnify him. Give me an opportunity to give him the praise. Give him the glory. And so, we are to rejoice. Number five is a joyful noise. A joyful noise. And uh, this kind of plays in together with these other things. But Psalm 66, verse 1 and 2. Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Praise God. And so what are we to do? Make a joyful noise. I don't know exactly what that is, but I can, I'm thinking that s- song is involved. Singing is joyful. I'm thinking that shouting is included in that. I'm even thinking laughter is a joyful noise. Yeah, whatever, it would ever be appropriate to laugh in the presence of the Lord? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I think heaven is full of laughter. I think our lives ought to be full of laughter. I think our kids are full of laughter and we grow up out of it and get serious. And we ought to knock that off and enjoy life and enjoy God. And you hear something positive. You got a negative report in the world. You got junk going on in this world. But then we get another report. But then we get a a promise. We get a word from the Lord. It'll just make you laugh. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so, uh, if you find yourself in the presence of the Lord, shouting, singing, wooing, uh, whatever goes, laughing, it's all appropriate. It's all biblical. It's all scriptural. It's all something that should be a part of our worship experience. Uh, Here's another one, number six, lifting up hands. Lifting up hands. Psalm 63 and verse 4 says, Thus I will bless the Lord while I live. I will lift up my hands in His name. I will what? Lift up my hands. And then 
New Testament, 1 Timothy 2.8, I desire therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Of course, praise and worship is a type of prayer. And so when we worship the Lord, we lift up our hands. It's interesting, it's one of the few things that are mentioned in the New Testament about how we express. We have a lot in the Old Covenant, which we learn from and, and use. But in the New Testament, not a whole lot mentioned, but lifting up our hands is one of those. And so I, I, I really think the primary thing that we do in the New Covenant is words, because it's a connection with our spirit, vocally in various forms, and then lifting up our hands is, is uh, almost the most normal and natural way that we're going to worship God. Now that might seem, say, someone might say, oh, I don't know why though. I don't see how that helps. Why, would, why, would, why do I need to lift up my hands in praise to the Lord? Well, one good reason is this, because the Lord said He likes it. He said to do it. And I find this, when, I, when I'll take God at His word and do things in faith, if I know of no other reason, if I have no further explanation of why I should do it, I'll just take Him at His word and do it anyway, oh, good things happen. I mean, I have a whole testimony about my life when I started raising my hands. Amazing that that, that could be a testimony. I'm not going to tell you now. I've told it already. But it's powerful. It really is. We should lift our hands to the Lord. If you're not a hand lifter, hand raiser, Giddy up. Might want to start. Need to start on your own? Fine. Get comfortable. Get in the presence of the Lord. Lift your hands as you worship Him. He likes it. Number seven, musical instruments. Musical instruments. Psalm 150, 150, verse 3 through 5. Let me read this. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. There we go with that loud stuff again, huh? Someone said, I don't like that loud stuff. Well, you're, you're different from the Lord. Because He likes this. <laughs> yeah, some of, that, some of that loud stuff. Well, we can, we can see instruments there. How many play the lute? Any harp players? Uh, all right, we've got a lot of different instruments here uh, and, and so forth today. But God gets involved with instruments. In the New Covenant, it's, this is interesting, Ephesians 5.19, it says, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. The, 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 the phrase there, making melody, in Ephesians 5.19, you look that up, the, the Greek definitions there use the, this description to twitch or twang, that is to play on a stringed instrument. So even in the New Covenant, we see a little bit, uh, even though we don't have a lot of this mentioned because the Psalms are in the Old Testament, uh, but to twitch or twang, we're certain that guitars are of the Lord or other stringed instruments because uh, the Spirit of God will move on people to play them in, and, uh, in worship to God. Number eight, number eight is dancing, dancing. Psalm 149, verse three, let them praise his name with the dance, all right? As someone said, is dancing, is that... Is that spiritual or is that worldly? Worldly. Well, it depends on what you're using it for. There's definitely some things out there where people are doing some movements and so forth. And it has nothing to do with God. <laughs> you know, very worldly, fleshly, and, and so forth. But there is also, you can see, you can see dance then as a part of a celebration. It's that whole atmosphere again. We're celebrating victory. We've already won. We're forgiven. God is our victor. He is our, he is our king. 
And so we celebrate and we have victory. I can tell you, I didn't come from this, the background of doing a lot of these things. Some of you are saying, that's just not really what I'm used to, where I'm from. Me either. Me either. But I've been converted. <laughs> I had some experiences, uh, many in my life now, but the Spirit of the Lord came on me and moved me, and I danced, and it was absolutely powerful in the presence of God. It was a good time. No, that was point six, I think. No, point four. <laughs> All right, number nine. Number nine is kneeling. Is kneeling. Ephesians 3.14, Paul writes, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We talked to you already about the Hebrew definition of, of worship, and we can see that in there as well. But kneeling before the Lord or bowing before the Lord, these are, these are, are godly things. All right. doesn't mean that every time we come together, we have to take one of these and say, oh, this is what we all have to do. Everyone hit your knees. You know, I mean, if it's a move of the Spirit, or, and I, you know, as a leader, I feel prompted, I would say, let's all hit our knees. Let's all get on our knees before the Lord. But beyond that, I find myself sometimes in prayer by myself. Well, I want, I want, it just seems right to kneel before the Lord. At times when I need to lay out before the Lord. Just face in the carpet type of thing. And so different things are appropriate at different times and different places. But all these things we find in Scripture. And the Bible reveals many different expressions of worship. And these are the ways that we are to act. If we find them totally foreign from our experience and from our life, well, why? Maybe we need to yield. Maybe we need to loosen up. Maybe the Spirit of God wants to move in us and through us in ways that He hasn't in the past. Everybody okay? Okay. These expressions do not make us look weird. They may make us look different, though. Different than the world. Different than the way we used to be. But, you know, when I think about different, I think that's what most people want. I mean, there are those who have no interest in the things of God. But there and there are those who are looking for something different. Many of you have come, and you, you got to a point in your life, you said, I want something different. I want something to change. I don't want it to be the way it's always been. I want to have something different. Well, here we are. Different. Not trying to be, not trying to look weird or anything, but here, here's what I think. Um, and I know that some, sometimes people think, say, if you say all this stuff, Pastor, you are totally cutting loose and setting free the weird people. And they are going to just take this as a license to do what they always wanted to do. I'm willing to risk it. I'd rather have a little little wildfire than no fire at all. I'm willing to risk it. I know sometimes people do get in the flesh. And they do things to be seen. And they do some, they do some stuff and it's like, eh. I know that kind of stuff happens. And that's not what I'm advocating. But here's what I think is, is a problem. When those of us who say we've given our lives to the Lord... He's our Savior, our forgiver. He's our healer. He's our life. I'm going to be with Him forever. He's totally transformed my life, but it doesn't show. It, what, I, what do I mean it doesn't show? It doesn't show on our face. It doesn't show on our praise. It doesn't show on our activity. We come together and we look like a funeral service. That doesn't communicate good things about Jesus. I know that was a strong word. I'm not saying that's altogether true about everyone, and, but you understand the point. You know, if you're watching a commercial about Disneyland and they're wanting to attract you to their park, 
they're not going to show. People sprawled out on the benches asleep. (laughs) Bacon in the sun or standing in a two-hour line. (laughs) Right? They're going to show... You know, people running, running around with just the appropriate crowd, size crowd there, <laughs> coming off of a ride, having a great time, right? I mean, what, what would it be like if, if all they showed was people tired and kind of bored? And, and, and then we think, I don't understand why more people don't want to get saved. Well, here's a clue, because some people who call themselves Christians look bored. They look uninterested. They're not full of life. They're not excited. So I don't want anyone to think I'm weird. I think you're abundantly weird. <laughs> if you say I'm saved, I have eternal life, I've been, I've been redeemed from hell, I get to be forever with Him, and you're not excited about it. How weird is that? Everybody listening to me? It, ha- it can have a great impact. Just like you see someone coming off of a ride at Disneyland. They might act a little bit crazy if they had a real good time. Like, woohoo, man, that was great. Yeah, and they're just kind of over the top and excited. And, and we think if we act that way concerning our relationship with God, people will go. <gasps> or maybe they'll want to go on the ride too. Maybe they'll see something in you and they know it's not fake. They know it's no phony baloney. Something really happened in your life. And now you do crazy things and you shout and you woo and you lift up your hands and you give praise to God. And you're doing it not not because you're trying to put something on, but you're doing it because it's real in you. If this is absent in us, no wonder the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Let's get serious about the things of God and let joy fill our lives. Look with me at Psalm chapter 40. Let's let's try to finish up over here. Again, I think people in the world are looking for something different. And like I said, I'm not encouraging anyone to just be fake and phony and just put on. No, let it be real in you. But don't let it be squelched. Psalm 40 and verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. And set my feet on a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many, look, look at this last. Many will see it and fear and will trust the Lord. What's happening here? Other people are going to see what's happening in me. They're going to see and hear the new song in my mouth. My praise to God. And the end result is they're going to have respect for my God. They're not going to back away and shy away and run from Him because of what they see in me. They're going to say of truth that God is in me. They're going to say that I want Him in my life. They're going to have the fear of the Lord and they will trust Him. If that's true because someone has a song in them, man, what's happening happening if we don't have the song? If we don't have the, the, the celebration inside of us? 
then we're missing an opportunity for others to be drawn to the Lord. Everybody okay today? Amen, amen. You know, in all this discussion, I know some of the things that, I, that I've seen, uh, I see clearly laid out in Scripture. There are other things that happen in churches today and, and so forth that I don't see clearly laid out in Scripture. Some of it, I think, is tradition. I think is, some of it is even spirit-filled tradition. And, uh, and people get in the habit of doing certain things that, uh, you know, I, I think there's, for example, there's an overuse of applause, applause in, in worship to the Lord. And uh, why I say that is, you know, oftentimes a church service feels more like a concert. You know, the song gets done and everyone claps and it's like, who are you clapping for here? And, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, reality is, in Scripture, there is only one Bible verse, one Bible verse that tells Christians to clap. I say Christians, Old Testament, it's Psalm 47, and verse 1, it says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. One, one verse in the whole Bible that tells, directly tells people to clap their hands, and the context of that is in the context of music. Written to the chief musician, the context is singing and singing praises to the Lord. It sounds like it's our instrument. It's, it's, it's clapping, with the, clapping with the music and so forth like that. But we don't ever see what, is, what can become very common when oftentimes people replace noise and that activity for using their mouth and lifting up their hands. Everybody with me? I don't know if that sounds, that sounds different or, 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 or new to you, but uh, you've, if you've noticed, you've never seen me say, all right, let's all give a hand clap to the Lord. You've never heard me say that. Why don't I say that? I don't see it in Scripture. Now, we hand clap, I'll hand clap for people and hand clap for whatever and different things and give applause to people. There's something in me about when I worship and praise the Lord, I want to take it up a level. I want to take it up a higher notch. What's that? It's usually verbal. It's lifting up hands and stuff, but it's usually vocal. Then it gets a little deeper. Hallelujah. Stand up with me on your feet. Let's, uh, let, let's take a few moments here right now. If you give me a few more moments. Give the Lord just a couple minutes here. I tell you what, I want to, I want to sing this song and worship the Lord and magnify Him. Let Him do something special. Let's worship Let's lay our lives down His feet Let's worship Let's tell Him that He's all that we need Jesus, we thank you. We lift our hearts in praise. Cause you we love, it's you we worship. Oh, let's worship. Let's worship. Let's lay our lives down at His feet. 
our lives with joy Lord you've given us hope Lord you've given us peace and you've given us a new song to sing no longer a song of despair and gloom but Lord of praise and thanks to you Lord we honor you we bless you with our whole hearts and all of our lives be glorified and be lifted high be magnified and be lifted high Be glorified in our midst and in everything we do. Lord, we give a shout of praise and thanksgiving to you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Praise and magnify you we do. 
we glorify your name. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now I can see this. With some individuals here, it will be, if you will, if you will take these things and put them into motion immediately in your lives, it will almost be, as far as your experience, you'll feel like you got saved again. Because there's been an absence of God's tangible presence in your life. And when you begin to glorify and worship Him from your heart and express it, do it, let it come out, it'll be such an experience with God that you haven't had for maybe ever, for, but for some for a very long time. It's time to step it up. It's time for you to know that God is seeking after you if you'll worship Him in spirit and truth. It's time to know that God is calling your name. He's drawing you to Himself. And He wants to show Himself strong in your life like He hasn't before. And in the midst of that, answers the questions you, did, you had in the past. They'll be answered. And in the midst of that, struggles you've had year after year after year in the midst of His presence will fall off and they'll never stay. They'll never remain in your life again. Healings come, answers will come. There'll be a new freshness. There'll be be a new delight in your life. You'll have more fun than you've had before. Oh, you'll be happier on the job. You'll be happier with your family. And you'll definitely have more fun in church. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is moving you up to a place. And if you'll yield to Him, yield to His Spirit, He'll do this work in you. And it'll be without effort on your part. Be a yielded vessel. Let praises come through your mouth. Let songs of joy and victory come out of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Father, for each and every one today, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the work of God, for the plan of God coming coming to pass. Thank you for your will being established and done in the earth, through us and in us and all around us. We yield ourselves to you. Thank you for what you're doing today. We give you all the glory, all the honor. <sighs> Praise God. Plugged ears getting opened up. Your ears have been plugged up. Receive that from the Lord right now. You put your hands on them and bam. In Jesus' name, it opens up. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory and honor today. We give you praise. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Well, God is good. Amen, amen.